Let's talk real estate at News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Fritz Fister out today, but I'll be pushing the buttons. And Professor Emeritus Richard Judd from the University of Illinois Springfield here. Fritz sends his uh, regards. Wanted to uh, to pass along his sponsors really quick. Thank Mark's Fireplace and Lighting, Ridings Plumbing, Leader One Mortgages, Slabjackers Construction, Hillier Storage and Moving, Bacon Termite and Pest Control. Pat Patterson of JRE Construction Foundation Repair and Landscaping. Good morning, Professor. How are we doing, sir? Hi. Thank you. So, so um, you have a long list of good stuff to cover today, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. Now, the weakness of my report today is that I don't have specifics like Fritz would have mm -hmm. on the local market, the local market, and some specific category within the local market. But I've got other stuff for you folks. And if you and do have any questions for Professor Judd, feel free to give us a call at 217-629-7970. Absolutely. I'll be here and I'll do the very best that I can. I'd like to start with that top of the news yesterday, uh, U.S. unemployment. And it fell to 3.7%. Now, what is that? That's the lowest since 1969, 49 years. Wow. The U.S. employment rate fell to 3.7, the lowest since um, 69 when young men were being drafted, if you can remember, into the Vietnam War and the American auto industry and the space programs were going at full blast. The labor market reported Friday that the rate edged down from 3.9% the month before as employers added 134,000 jobs. Now, keep in mind, we're talking about private sector. There were 134,000 private sector jobs. Take government away from here. A figure that was probably depressed by the effect of Hurricane Florence down in the South, North Carolina, if I'm saying it right, <laughs> and South Carolina. Uh, still, it extended an extraordinary eight-and-a-half-year streak of monthly job growth. Now, folks, that's the longest uh, record of job growth ever recorded that run has added nearly 
Let me get it right. Twenty million people to the nation's payroll since the Great Recession in 2007-2008, which cost nearly nine million their jobs. Nine million lost, 20 million gained. The ultra-low jobless rate, the best in nearly 49 years, reflects a healthy economy driven by strong consumer and business spending. In fact, Hiring is so strong that employers are having trouble filling openings, and some are being forced to offer higher pay. We're going to touch that in a little bit. Despite the similar unemployment rates that uh, we have in today's economy, it's, it's vastly different from that of 1969. Because 49 years ago, one-third of Americans worked in manufacturing. Now it's barely 9%. 32 to 33% down to 9%. Now, that was the erosion of the middle class that we have seen over the past several decades. Um... Strong economic growth back then was propelled by huge government spending on the Vietnam War and newly created Great Society social programs and women's wages were much, women, pardon me, were much less likely to be in the workforce at that time, 50 years ago. In in reporting September's employment figures, the government revised sharply upward its estimate of hiring for July and August. Now, so far this year, monthly job growth has averaged 208,000 jobs compared with 182,000 jobs um, in, in 2017. So we're dealing with the difference and an increase average tick up of 26,000 jobs per month. The acceleration in job gains this year is extraordinary in an environment where firms are having great difficulty finding qualified candidates. Most analysts economic analysts blame the slower pace of hiring last month on Florence, which struck North and South Carolina, and closed thousands of businesses. Now, the impact there was mainly in retail and construction uh, and, and restauranting, uh, hotels and casinos, and they lost jobs for the first time since September 2017 when Hurricane Harvey hit the Houston area. And retailers last month, now that's uh, when we're dealing with Florence in North and South Carolina, shed 20,000 jobs. Many of those jobs are likely to bounce back in the coming months as we just move forward. So uh, that's a loss due to a natural condition. Now, pay gains remain modest, but they're showing signs of accelerating. Average hourly pay in September rose 2.8% from a year earlier, September 17. With employment so low, pardon me, 
unemployment so low. You see, it's still morning, folks. I, I, That's all right. You'll I, get there. I, I can't get it always. always. Uh, that with unemployment so low, companies are facing intense pressures to raise pay to land workers. Um, and if I can uh, sure. interject something on that, and, and I, I pay attention to the media outside of this area. I listen to St. Louis Radio a lot as well. And I know uh, in the restaurant industry in the, the St. Louis and surrounding area, there have been a lot of restaurants, more mom-and-pop type places, smaller, mm-hmm. like single restaurants were yes. owned by not corporations, have closed. Unemployment is so low, they can't get employees, so they're closing their doors instead of the owners ki- trying to Taking kill themselves. Taking the loss. Yeah, owners killing themselves trying to keep the doors open <sighs> when they can't get anybody hired. And and the one interview, they said they were paying, I believe it was between 12 and $15 an hour, but they still couldn't get anybody. Still couldn't get it. Yeah. It's interesting. And it's, you know, these are the, I call them the machinations of when an economy is making its adjustment or adjustments. As we look into our future and what we've seen, particularly over the past six to eight months, we have a solid footing of growth. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't always affect every single sector of the economy. Now, I've got some information coming down the road here in this hour about manufacturing and construction, which I think you'll be pleased about because both of those are very important to that middle-income family's salary. Um, uh, But let, let me just quickly touch on manufacturers because manufacturers, they are more dependent upon foreign markets than what other industries are. Now, last month, they added 18,000 jobs, a sign that President Trump's trade fight with China and other countries is having little, that is, little effect on hiring. Still, should the tariffs remain fully in effect a year from now, just run 12 months down, roughly 300,000 jobs could be lost by then, according to Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's. Um, And folks, if you have any thoughts, please do call in. Um, 217-629-797, the phone number. Okay. Now, I've got some statistics on the last 12-month change in compensation, okay? With an economy at full employment, which is what we technically are, we're in full employment right now, compensation for workers is growing fierce in the U.S. Employment... uh, dished out the largest pay increase in over a decade in the last 12 months um, following a period of stagnant paychecks. Now, what we've seen is we were running in this past 12 months 2.8% increase over that 12-month period, which ended in August. Now, if we go September to September, it's 2.8%. 9% growth. Now, 
Folks, what do you need to keep your eye on in today's monthly U.S. jobs report? Well, the U.S. economy is humming along. Unemployment is skating near a half-century low as it already hit. It just hit it. And businesses are eager. They're even desperate, in some cases, to hire. And when the government issues its September employment report, expectations are high that another sunny picture for the job market as we reach into October. Economists have forecast that the government will report employment added a solid 184,000 jobs, according to the data provided by FactSet, and that unemployment would dip from 3.9 to 3.8. But we know what has happened now with just recent data yesterday that it had dropped to 3.7. The monthly job reports provides a wealth of information beyond the number of jobs added. Now, here are some things to watch for. Will unemployment hit a nearly 50-year low? We already know that it did. If rates keep dropping, it will heighten two concerns. Has the economy soaked up nearly all the people who want or are able to work? And if it has, will a shortage of workers compel businesses to uh, raise pay quickly and sharply, just as we had indicated earlier, where we see some independent small um, service or um, uh, restaurants that just close their doors because they just can't afford to stay open? Now, that's where some of the negative factors can come in. Another question, are full-time jobs still growing? This basically healthy economy hasn't only produced lots more jobs, 120% more jobs, that is 20 million jobs in contrast to 9 million lost 20 million produced. Wow. Uh, it's, this economy has also allowed people to work more hours. We see a rising number of companies. They're converting part-timers who have wanted more hours to full-time workers and are posting more full-time job openings. Now, that's a dramatic contrast from three years ago. And if you recall, those who have been regular listeners, we were finding in the jobs report that 80% of the new jobs being reported were part-time, while 20% were part-time. Now, today, it is precisely the reverse. 80% are full-time and 20% part-time. That's that's a good swing there. Hi, you're on with Let's Talk Real Estate. I was wondering, can you uh, identify maybe two or three key things from Trump's uh, policies that are different than before that have led to these kinds of increases? Yes. Number one, dramatic decrease in regulation on business. Uh, 
Trump made a promise that for every regulatory increase that he would have, he will have two regulations sent down into the toilet. So, yes, we, we have seen dramatic changes in these past 20 months uh, in uh, Trump's administration regarding regulation. Now, particularly, that's regulation on business. There's some other regulation, particularly with housing and with, uh, oh, guys, uh, housing and, oh, I just don't have it right now, that, uh, oh, EPA, EPA, EPA regulations are hard to get down, but he's working on them. That's number one. Number two is the... Uh, change in the tax law. Now, keep in mind that is only temporary. Temporary meaning it expires in 2025. For those who want to have or retain the a change in the tax law, which was the biggest change in the tax law since the 1940s, okay? We're dealing with 70-plus years um, here. That uh, it'll take the right kind of Congress in order to extend that tax law change to keep the rates lower and more aimed toward the middle class than what we have before. Um, the question, the third question I have is because we've seen it recently, how it has been in particularly in the past 12 months, the increase in average wage that has been increasing at now this month 2.9% where last month and earlier was at 2.7 2.8 fluctuating around now we're at 2.9 some economists i don't have it right on the top of my schedule to identify them but i've seen the information suggest that by 2021, we will be averaging around 4.1% wage increase. Can you imagine that? Four, just take the one off. 4% increase uh, in average wage in the private sector market. That's well, yeah, yeah. incredible. I just have a couple of follow-ups, and then I'll, I'll hang up and listen. What would be the long-term? I mean, I'm sure there are people on the opposite side of the fence that are saying doing away with your EPA regulations is going to be the death of the planet, uh, number one. And can we expect uh, any, any uh, decrease in the uh, uh, deficit spending? Uh, I'm sure that uh, everybody has their own opinion on that as well. But now, thank you for the information. Those are the only two follow-ups I have. Thanks a lot. Okay. Deficit spending. That's a big-time issue. Now, Congress, keep in mind, what one of their biggest jobs from their perspective is to spend. Now, 
if they see that there's not enough income coming in from the taxes, well, they're still going to spend it anyway. That's the increase in the deficit. It's Congress that has no fiscal controls on itself. Um, House Speaker Ryan has made significant efforts in the past year and a half to introduce and get past uh, uh, spending restraints in various um, proposals that he has had, which have been summarily rejected. Congress doesn't like to see their income decreased so that they can spend back in their districts. So that is a big issue. Now, the way to get around deficit spending is to assure the economy has strong growth. Growth can take away the deficits. Why? Because growth will increase the tax revenues coming into the federal government. Tell you what, Professor, we'll take one more call and then go to the break here. Hi, you're with you're on with Let's Talk Real Estate. Good morning there, guys. Good morning. morning. Jess. Good morning, Professor. Um, a couple things to follow up. Number one, three years ago, if we were down to 4% unemployment, the biggest gripe was, well, that's not recording all those who have are no longer eligible for unemployment. But now that, that it's down in the threes and the other parties involved, now it's an accurate figure. But on the other hand, nothing has been done for all those people who don't record being unemployed. And the, the rate of people needing help, getting their kids in school, public aid, uh, link card, however, the food bank, all that has increased quite a bit in the past two years. None of that's being reported either. You know, I don't have anything there. I, I wish I did. Um, that, that would make it complete, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Uh, it's just I tried to think of things that we need, that we are seeing right now that are on the horizon or are right, coming right up into our face, um, like our full-time jobs still growing and or more Americans looking for work. Uh, well, in, in the past several months, I've done a lot of traveling, and a lot of uh, states and a lot of big cities, there's an awful lot of construction going on that's mm -hmm. making a very, very positive their economies are growing portland oregon seattle washington uh, a, a lot of places down here in florida but illinois we don't see much of that so it, it's going to keep us a little bit uh um what would you say uh, skewed you know yes uh you're 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 seeing it accurately um because frankly illinois just doesn't have the state tax structure um, and amount of regulation uh, to encourage business growth. Now, if you notice, Michigan 
changed a lot of their business regulations and laws and are increasing the number of businesses in Michigan. And of particular note is manufacturing. Wisconsin has done the same. Indiana is in that process. Now, we haven't seen anything from Missouri or Kentucky yet or Arkansas that would be right, you know, in, in our neck of the woods or Iowa. Arkansas is a right-to-work state, isn't it? Yes, it, it, yes, it is. Booming. It's that, been booming a little bit, but we haven't heard anything. Missouri's never had much except for tourism. Well, and, uh, they, they do have farming. And there is some manufacturing, particularly in the Kansas City and St. Louis areas and then around Springfield, Missouri. But you're right. Tourism is a major piece for the state of Missouri. And it is a beautiful state. There's no question. If, if, if you're in a, you know, a 300, 400-mile radius of Illinois, what's the prettiest state you got? In my judgment, there you go. it's there you Missouri. Go. But but also too, with the uh, all the farmers down there and all the farmers here, the crops are bumper crops again. Mm-hmm. But it's bringing less money again. So the president's going to give each one of the farmers sixty-five dollars an acre because of the tariff on China. Yes, and that helps nobody except the farmers. Yeah. <laughs> and the farmers, if they can afford to keep buying ground for ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars an acre, and buying new trucks and new combines every year, where does it look like they really need the help? Oh, it's imponderable. I can't answer. I believe we have to go to the news. Yep, Jess, okay, thank you very well, much thank for the phone call. Thank you, Jeff. Uh-huh. It is Professor Emeritus Richard Judd filling in for Fritz Fister today. Doc Noise here pushing the buttons. We'll take a quick break for news and weather. Come back, start the second half of Let's Talk Real Estate. It is Let's Talk Real Estate. Fritz Fister out today, but Professor Emeritus Richard Judd from the University of Illinois Springfield filling in, giving us all kinds of good economic information. Want to touch on the sponsors again. Thank them for sponsoring Fritz and Let's Talk Real Estate. Mark's Fireplace and Lighting, Writings Plumbing, Leader One Mortgage, Slab Jackers Construction, Hillier Storage and Moving, Bacon, Termite, and Pest Control, Pat Patterson of JRE Construction, Foundation Repair, and Landscaping. Professor, take it away. <coughs> yes, thank you. Actually, you know um, what? We got a phone call coming in. We'll take that real quick before we okay, uh, do. get rolling again. Hi, yes. you're on. Let's talk real estate. Hey, professor. Yes, you're sir. my favorite professor, probably in the entire world. So oh far. God, <laughs> be careful. I know. I know. What standards do I have? Anyway, <laughs> but here, here we go. I so here's some nothing. questions I've wanted to ask you for a while. Yes. Because the the people on the radio are just aren't bright enough to understand the problems they have. <laughs> First of all. God. On this on this power plant that we keep refinancing, yes. right? And we act like that's a great thing. And I go, well, that's good, but how much more interest are we going to pay? And if the payoff date, I assume that our power plant refinancing is probably fifty to hundred years or someone something well past the lifespan of that power plant. So we'll still be paying on it when it's gone. And people can't tell me, well, what's the lifespan of the power plant and when is the payoff date now? Because we keep touting 
refinancing? I don't think you'll get an answer from the city or the plant people themselves. Because it doesn't help them. No, no. It's not, but it's not good for them for me to know that. You're, you're right that when we get to a power plant, uh, or a, a you know a major installation like that you know let's let's say a nuclear plant as another example those aren't financed over 20 or 30 years or generally not even 40 years it's 50 60 80 maybe even a hundred year but to, to our pay plant off now probably Lifespan is probably 30, 40 years. Yeah. I mean, How in the world can uh, a firm, that's what it is, C uh, CWLP is a firm in effect, yeah. and they, that with the state of technology and its change, how do you project something out? 70, 80, or 100 years as a payment schedule when technology can dramatically change that seven years from now or 14 or 22 or next year. I'm more concerned that the power plant won't even be viable in 30 years and we'll still be paying on it 50 years. Well, that may be. 20, 20 years after it's gone. And how does that, how do you, how do you justify that? Here's another question, okay? Shoot. I, everyone was aghast that we're, we're going into solar now. Yes. And I had the gall to ask, okay, so what will the kilowatt hour cost of this investment? I mean, is it going to be competitive with our current pricing structure, which, They've made CWLP is not the jewel anymore. It's pretty damn expensive electricity. Yes. Uh, I mean, they've, they've, they've sucked the life out of that damn thing. Um, but no one can answer the question yet. We've had plenty of discussions about it. Why isn't that a concern of, well, is this a good deal? Oh, no, it's solar. You have to shut up and just accept that it's going to be good for us. Yes. Uh, uh, your, your your points are well taken. Solar, at least at this time, costs more than the conventional means to produce energy. There's no one in the business will refute that, you know, unless they're really way off on the side somewhere. Or they love those subsidies. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Here Here's the last question yes. for you. Now, we sit here and we talk about the city paying off all the debts and all this stuff. Um, they have a surplus, right? They, have, they supposedly redid the books and they got $7 million. So my answer is pay off the pensions, right? Mm -hmm. um, but no, they've got plans to spread it all over the place. Let's go to now what's happening in the state is we have a, a we have a party. I, won't, I don't want to make this partisan, but we'll just keep names out of it. But there's a party that wants a progressive tax. Now, for some of you, you would know who that is. Some of you, you're not so bright. You don't know which one that is. They want a progressive income tax. But it is so good 
that they think it's unfair to tell everybody what those levels of taxation would be because we would just be overcome with joy and they can't tell us till after the election. Yes. They just don't want it to be unfair to the other side by telling us what the rates would be. Now, that's, do I have that? Do yeah, I have that accurately? Pretty clear. Uh, that's just politics. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that in a polite way. Um, if you don't have a good answer, what are you going to do with it? You don't provide an answer or you just shield it away. Now, yeah, the bottom line of this is a progressive income tax will hit those who have at whatever level, let's call wealth. Okay. That takes money out of circulation that would either be in the stock market, the bond market, in buying new equipment in the business that is owned. and Or hiring other people. Hiring other people. Yes, exactly. It, just exactly. We're in a, in a position where we have a growth economy. Really, the, the highest growth economy that is appearing in the world is right here, right now. And you've got folks that want to just tax it more. And you, you know the result with taxes. It decreases employment. It decreases investment. Capital spending goes down. Business has to fight more for itself and its survival. Regulation increases on that business. It's, 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 it's terrible. Let's let this thing go and continue to grow. Let's not put artificial, because that's what government does, put artificial constraints on the growth that is taking place in the economy. Here's, here's one last question. It's great okay. to have you on. <laughs> One, I hate to hog this all, but I've been waiting for this to, to vent all this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I had I have four years of graduate level accounting and other stuff. I was almost going for an MBA, and I don't I don't like the fake numbers that you get to a point in account in, in I MBA. Understand. You okay, know, I was going I like accounting hard, too. Numbers. I got yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah, I just I go I go. No, this I like real stuff. I don't want these fake numbers and stuff. But speaking of fake numbers. So we have a revenue of $32 billion a, last year, right? Yes, yes. People are moving away. We did increase the taxes, but the tax increases aren't going to make up for the number of people that are moving away. So you would, if you were logical, you would assume that $32 billion last year in revenue will be less this year. So what did they do with the budget? As a balanced budget, the Constitution requires, they spent 70, uh, 37 or yes. $38 billion and didn't pay any of the debt from last time. Well, I, I don't understand how that is a required balanced budget. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's, it's, and thank you for the phone call, too. Thanks. It's, it's a political answer. And, you know, what, what, what we're seeing take place in Illinois, two factors. One, I leave for the opportunity of a better job or better circumstances for me. The other is, if I have some relative 
wealth, whatever that means. Uh, why should I make investments in Illinois when other states contiguous to us seem to be doing better than what we are? It's incredible. Just you're going to find people moving over to get a different tax rate on them because that a progressive tax rate will hit them. And third, you will see between these two losses, uh, labor going away and wealth, wealth that would be providing business opportunity for growth in technology and capital expenditure, that um, the, the only outcome, the only real one is going to be decrease in revenues into the state, you know, through taxation. And wealth and labor leaving are not good signs for an economy. I, I don't know what else to say about that. I, I'd like to shift and, and go toward uh, manufacturing just briefly, then toward tariffs, and then Got about 10 homes. minutes or so left. Okay, th then homes. Um, now, I've got information. Well, why don't I just go to homes right now? Okay. Now, there's evidence that there's no end in sight in the shortage for lower-priced startup homes for sale. Now, you may find some uh, construction people unwilling to or less willing to build spec homes at the lower end of the scale because they can't make as much. They just can't, and that with all the regulations that we have. But from the standpoint of demand, there's no shortage in demand and where the starter home is up for sale. The, the, the point here is costs are spiraling upward. Oh, pardon me, not cost. Prices are spiraling upward and will keep spiraling higher as demand for starter homes eclipse supply. And the other piece coming in here is that rising mortgage rates will force more buyers to stick to the cheaper end of the market. Now, historically, about 30% of construction caters to first-time buyers. Now, 20%. One-third decline in the supply of starter homes. Despite the fact that real estate sites are seeking the most queries for low-end homes. Homes whose prices have risen the most are as follows. I got some stuff here. Single-family homes priced from 200000 to 350000 Now, what we're dealing now is with major metropolitan areas such as Chicago, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Miami, Tampa, New York, Seattle. In contrast, home prices to the bottom third of the local price range in these markets 
are increasing five percentage points faster than the top third. Condos and townhouses priced from $100,000 to $200,000 are also up sharply. Now, just to segue briefly to retail, there's much talk about an apocalypse in retail. But here's a surprising fact. Not playing games here. The number of stores operated by large chains, large chains, is growing, not shrinking. Widespread closure of chain departments and uh, specialty clothing stores. Now, this makes headlines and leads to stories about the entire sector's demise at the hands of online retailers. But outside department stores and other clothing sellers, the picture is bright. This year has seen a net increase of nearly 4,000 locations opened by chains that operate 50 or more stores. Now, what are we talking about here? That's grocery stores, uh, fast food, general merchandise, etc. Like, you know, your Dollar General, what I'm talking about. You're seeing chain growth. Now, let's shift to uh, E. Taylor's or you know, buying on the internet. Like Amazon, stuff like yes. that. Yes. Strong consumer spending uh, bows well because I've, I, I, I haven't given you the, the consumer spending stuff, but let me tell you, it is, it is strong. If I can get to it, we will have time. I will do it. Strong consumer spending bows well for e-tailers as well as the physical locations themselves. Note. This year, we're on track for a 4.7% gain in retail sales. Now, that excludes gasoline and autos, okay? That we will be up from what had been in 2017 a 4.4% increase. We're up to 4.7% gain in retail sales. Now, that should keep brick-and-mortar stores on the increase, and even as consumers make a larger share of their purchases online. And now, let's just quickly go to online. Online is representing, from the standpoint of retail sales, 15% of retail sales in the, in the year 2017. In 2018, it has crept up. It's at 17%. Now, when we get to November and December sales, that may tick that figure up maybe to 17.5 or 17.8 or maybe 18% going in uh, 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 for retail sales to firms like or through firms like Amazon. Um, now, there is a hint of worry that is creeping into U.S. manufacturers who generally have had an upbeat mood. And the reason is 
foreign tariffs on our product that have already been imposed on goods from the U.S. or that are being levied or will be levied in retaliation for Americans' duties on uh, imported goods. U.S. exports saw a slight dip this summer, and the manufacturing sector expansion has cooled a bit in recent months, but not in Illinois. I've got that figure here if we can get to it in time. Corporate executives fear that more protectionism could put a serious crimp in foreign buyers' demand for American-made products. One of the best things we've had happen in this regard has been the change of NAFTA. Now, that was a major, major change. Now, your news media really hasn't dealt with it, but the agreement between America, Mexico, and Canada, where what we're dealing now is with North America as what is a zone for trade that conceivably, now this may come down the road as time goes, to a free trade zone. That's not now because there are regulations in all three of these countries, but it's coming that don't be surprised if we have a Canada, Mexico, and U.S. trade zone maybe three, five, seven, ten years from now that is a free trade zone to protect itself from foreign uh, markets. Um, Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here today? Well, let me just touch on a couple things. Uh, keep in mind that wage gains uh, are yet to speed up. Now, we're at 2.9 uh, uptick since last August. There is no September figure here yet. It's It, it looks like if it is, it, it'll be 2.9, maybe 3.0. But we're going to see wage gains increase, as I mentioned earlier. Now, we're up to um, this is the fastest wage increase in nine years since 2009. Keep that in mind. And um, tell you what, Professor, we are up against the end of okay. the show. Fritz should be back here next week. The preceding yes. program is sponsored by Fritz Fister. And thank you. Thank yes. you for listening. News you thank can you. depend on. Stop.